0: Welcome to Nahum Connection's podcast, Voices in Patient Access. Here, industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts.
1: Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Naham Connections podcast. My name is Kelly Rehan, and I'm the managing editor of Naham's Access Management Journal and Naham Connections. I'll be your host for this podcast series, and today we're talking about empathy and why it's so essential to improving the patient experience. I'm happy to introduce Susan Milligan, Director of Patient and Guest Experience with Ensemble Health Partners as our guest today. Susan is the author of Hooked on a Feeling, Using Empathy to Create a Positive Patient Experience. It's an article you can find and read on Naham Connections at naahm.org slash connections. Welcome, Susan.
2: Thanks, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited to be on Nahum's very first podcast and to talk about my very first white paper. It's a lot of firsts going
1: on in here today. <laughs> That's right. We are excited too, Susan. So let's start. Um, Susan, tell us about yourself, specifically your experience in patient experience and patient access. So I'll tell you on a personal note,
2: I am happily married and I have two sons, and my youngest son has Down syndrome, which is one of the reasons I'm so connected to the healthcare industry because I work on both sides of it. But I'll tell you, I honestly didn't start out aspiring to be involved in patient experience or patient access. I sort of fell into the whole hole while I was at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. I started working there in 2010, overseeing um, several of their non-clinical support services like their guest services, family, um, family resource center, welcome centers, visitor management and concierge services departments. And all of those groups rolled up through access services and family relations. So I collaborated with other departments every day Um, including all of the patient access areas. And the role that I had there actually provided an opportunity to be part of the very first patient experience collaborative where representatives from across the hospital and every different department could join together every twice a month and talk about patient experience improvements. And anticipating needs kept coming up. And who knows how to anticipate needs better than a patient access professional? We're the first one that they see every single time. So I started working with registration teams to figure out what our patients wanted or what they needed. And it really sort of took off from there. And then in 2018, Ensemble reached out asking if I would help them build a program. And I was both intrigued and terrified. (laughs) So I said, yes, and here I am
1: doing the podcast with Mayhem. Wonderful. So your white paper, Hooked on a Feeling, is about empathy in healthcare. Let's start by defining empathy. What does it look like for patient access professionals?
2: Yeah, absolutely. In the paper, I actually use a dictionary definition, which is, you know, kind of formal. It's the act um, of understanding, being aware of, or being sensitive to the feelings, thoughts, and experience of other people without explicit communication. But honestly, empathy, simply stated, is about feeling with someone and putting yourself in their shoes to imagine what their physical and emotional needs are right now. You have to actually acknowledge that needs aren't always communicated, um, so if you can relate to them, if you can stand in their shoes in that moment, then you can start to really understand what they might be needing in this moment. Patient access professionals, we can actually see and hear and feel um, the anger or concerns in our patient's voice during those first encounters, whether they're in person or even over the phone, and sometimes even via email. Um, for us, it's really about active listening, slowing down um, so you can genuinely hear the message and the feeling behind their words and then offering what we can to bring comfort in that moment. It could be that we see somebody in our waiting room shivering, so we bring them a blanket, or it could be that as we're registering somebody and we're reviewing their emergency contacts, we identify that one of their emergency contacts is now now passed away. And so they've lost a loved one, and instead of just glossing that over and moving on to the next thing, we take a moment to acknowledge that loss, to offer our condolences, and then we make sure that they're ready to proceed with the registration and our discussion.
1: Susan, you offered some great real-life examples of empathy and patient access. Do you have any other specific examples you'd like to share? Absolutely. You know, there are so many things that a patient access professional can do to
2: really set the tone of empathy upon arrival for our patients and their families. And it's really about just, again, that proactive approach to doing a a warm welcome. It's about giving them sort of um, an idea of, how they can get acclimated to the space that they're in, right? So we can tell them where they can find the restroom because a lot of people, when they come into the hospital, actually always have to go there first. They can tell them, you know, where they can find food or coffee or water. They can keep them busy with the TV and acclimating them to the waiting room area space that they're in. They can keep an eye on them to see whether or not they are their condition has changed in any way. Or if it's an outpatient clinic appointment, we can see did that clinic actually pick them up and take them to the appointment or have they been looked over in some way? It's really about practicing awareness and looking at it from the standpoint of somebody who's walking into the organization from the very first, for the very first time and thinking what kind of things would they need but they might not know to ask. And if we deliver on those things, immediately they, they know that we cared about them because we've given it to them without them having to ask and they would never feel more cared about and cared for than those moments where we take the time to truly listen to them. And even you know, when we're on the phone, if somebody is um, you know, on the phone with somebody and they say, gosh, I'm really, I'm really nervous about what's getting ready to happen. Instead of just moving that, that phone call along, it's saying, I'm so sorry that you're nervous. Tell me, tell me why, what can I answer for you to make you feel more at ease about what's getting ready to happen? And it's really just, again, about that active listening and taking the time to hear them and understand that they have all of these things that are happening in their life that have nothing to do with us and nothing to do with their appointment, but they're still on their mind as we're engaging with them. And if we can do all of those things and we can proactively give them everything they want before they even ask, then they know that we cared about them. And that's empathy at its finest.
1: That's so helpful, Susan. Thank you. So in Hooked on a Feeling, you discussed the influence that empathy can have in healthcare, writing that, quote, all healthcare professionals have the ability to dramatically change a patient's experience and potentially their outcome by developing a sense of empathy and demonstrating it in each and every patient interaction. Now, considering that patient access is the only department to touch every patient in the healthcare ecosystem, will you describe the importance of empathy specific to patient access? Absolutely. You know,
2: since patient access professionals are the first and last encounters patients often experience, we play a critical role to their their patient experience. And we can set the tone for their experience and influence their perceptions, which is really what patient experience is about, um, just by providing warm welcomes, by letting them know that we expected them in the instances that we do know that for outpatient registration, um, giving them more than they knew to even ask for. It's it's that anticipating needs factor again. Um, ensuring that they understand what to expect by being clear that we are here to register and review financial obligations. If we can understand that no one really wants to be at the hospital or spending their money on healthcare, then we can empathize by proactively discussing estimates, by explaining how discounts work, by setting them up with payment plans or connecting them with financial assistance so it's one less thing for them to worry about when they leave the hospital. Our team can make such a difference by simply being there, being their person and their problem solver, too often we pass people along. Our teams own those interactions and they get involved in things that extend beyond their job description. And you know, many organizations feel that patient access cannot play a positive role in their patient experience scores um, simply by demonstrating empathy. But I would I would urge our audience to do a quick check um, on their patient experience scores, especially in their section scores under emergency departments, one of the biggest sections that patient um, access owns is the personal insurance information section. And, you know, I just pulled year-end data and 100% of our clients actually saw um, the personal insurance section outperform the total ED score by an average of 4%. So patient access teams and their demonstrations of empathy can make a difference. And I suspect that it is that way across many organizations. People don't realize the impact that we can have because we are those first and last encounters.
1: That's great to hear. And you mentioned patient access professionals can be that person, be a problem solver, make a difference. And obviously, we all want to fulfill that role. But in your opinion, what factors may cause a patient access professional to lose empathy, even if unintentionally?
2: you know all teams can become complacent and accepting of the status quo and patient access professionals can lose empathy if they don't have the support of their leaders staffing is always an issue and when you continually ask somebody to work short staffed, encounters become transactional and we lose the human aspect of our role we honestly need more people to choose patient access as a career overall Um, many people often forget that patient access sees a lot of pain and suffering and tragedy in their role too it's not just the clinicians um, who, who get to, to witness and experience that. And so we have to have time and space, offstage space that's private so we can decompress after those experiences too. And that's often, those spaces are often one of the first things that get cut in organizations. They take away the break rooms or the, or the gathering spaces for patient access professionals. And it's critical that they have them um, so they can decompress, so they can get back to helping that next patient after tragedy strikes. And then lastly, I'd say because we work in the environment day in and day out, anybody, um, patient access or anyone else in the organization um, could just become accepting of it. You, know, you, you walk past the same chair every day, you walk past the same overflowing you know, trash can every day, um, and so we've just become you know, complacent and we, and we accept it. And so I think we all just need to take a step back and try to see things through the eyes of the patient or somebody who's walking into the organization for the very first time. When you do that, you'll find that you never stop advocating for what's right. And that's how you get things done.
0: Join NAHAM in recognizing patient access professionals for their continued accomplishments of service and healthcare access continuum by celebrating Access Week, April 5th through 11th. This year's theme is it all begins with patient access. And NAHAM has several ways to help you and your team celebrate. Visit naham.org slash Access Week to learn how you can participate in the Access Week essay contest and hashtag Access Week 20 social media contests.
1: Susan, what happens to organizations that lack empathy? Oh, you know, if an organization lacks empathy,
2: it not only affects their employee engagement, but it's going to affect their turnover it's going to affect their their bottom line financials because people shop for healthcare. they have choices they don't have to come to a hospital that's not going to empathize with them and not going to treat them well and you know people are using um websites like medicare.gov there's a hospital compare search on there and they can go out and they can compare hospitals in their area and they're going to be basing them on their inpatient cap scores, and that is a direct correlation to how they are going to be treating people in outpatient and emergency department situations. And so people shop for healthcare, and if an organization isn't acting with empathy, they're going to lose great employees, and they're going to lose great, um, great patients. And so the, the effects are, you know, ultimately, they, they won't be able to stay around, um, because their reputation in the community is a lot of word of mouth from patients. And so they're going to tell the story of whether or not they felt like they were treated as a person and whether or not they felt like they were treated with care and whether or not they felt safe in that organization. And patient experience is about whether or not we made somebody feel cared about and cared for, whether or not we made them feel safe. And if we didn't deliver on that, then word is going to get out and that organization is going to crumble.
1: So Susan, you mentioned the leader influence on a whole team's complacency, and that flows really well into our next question on how can managers of patient access departments encourage their staff to weave empathy into every patient interaction?
2: Oh my gosh, it's about leading by example, because your team is always, always watching you, and your attitude is everything. You have to build those strong relationships with your teams, and you have to be demonstrating empathy with them. Do you know what struggles they're having outside of work? Are you acting with empathy toward their needs? Because if you're not, then why would they demonstrate it to anyone else? It's really about creating an entire environment of empathy with each other, peer to peer, um, so we can all demonstrate it with the patients and with their families. Leaders need to regularly round um, to engage their team and catch them doing the good stuff. Too often we point out all the things that have gone wrong, but when we see them doing these amazing things, these, these great acts of empathy, we need to stop and talk about it. Oh, you know, if somebody has found, um, you know, printed out some coloring pages and given crayons to a child to distract them so the parent can relax while they're waiting for their appointment, or they walk somebody who's directionally challenged to their clinic, you know, let's talk about those moments. So let's say thank you for doing that and, and extending themselves in that way. And then last, I think, just empower them to make changes. They know what patients want and need, and they know what types of patients we're seeing, and to really empower them to, um, to change things to the best of their ability and if we can't if we can't improve a, po- a process or make a change then you know let's at least explain why it can't be done and let's celebrate the wins we have
1: yeah you know patient access managers really can create that culture of empathy so that's that's wonderful Absolutely. to hear so your article describes three steps to gaining empathy what are these three steps And what do those steps mean for the individual as well as the organization?
2: Well, I think the first step is it has to be an organizational and a personal commitment to build the culture of empathy. Um, Organizations have to, from the very top down and from the bottom up, communicate the importance of demonstrating empathy in every single interaction with patients and families and with each other. Um, we have to make sure that these standards are ingrained in every person in the organization, and that employees are held accountable for upholding them. Which means that there is a consequence if you do not act with empathy toward your peers or toward our patients and their families. On a personal level, I think you know we have to stop pretending not to fear hear things. Again, it goes back to that complacency where we see and we hear things so often that they, we become sort of immune to them. Um, but we have to really open our eyes so we can so we can really see what's happening. Second, I think um, you have to assess the organization. You have to really understand where are you on an empathy scale? Are you, are you truly engaging with patients and their families and, and demonstrating empathy, or are you just talking about doing it? And you can do that through journey mapping, where you have you know, somebody come in and, and walk through the experience that a patient has, just you know partner with them as they go through an experience. Um, you, can, you can learn that by reading every single patient experience comment. Um, with a special focus on how that person felt about their experience. Like really think about what did that comment sound like and what did it feel like as you were reading it? Um, Because that gives you sort of their mindset of of the state they were in when they wrote it. And then you can plan interventions based on those findings, not just look at the data, not just read the comments, but actually act. And then lastly, I think if you're gonna build empathy, it has to be part of the culture. You know, It can't be left to a flavor of the month initiative or even a quarterly goal you have to be acting with purpose and making empathy an ongoing dialogue. You know, you shouldn't be able to turn around without hearing a story about acts of kindness. You know, we have an email that you can send stories to and we discuss them while we're rounding, we talk about them in huddles, in staff meetings, we post visual reminders of big wins for us, and we provide ongoing education. And so all of those efforts keep empathy at the at the forefront of everyone's mind as we're going through. And, you know, um, part two of your question was, you know, what are the benefits? Like, what's your return on investment for, for acting in empathy? But, you know, it really does make a difference to an organization. When people feel understood, they're more likely to have a positive experience. And the organization benefits because when empathy is used, patients feel more comfortable asking questions, which makes it easier for them to follow their care plans, which produces better outcomes, right, because they understand what they should be doing to get well And when that happens patient satisfaction scores increase because the organization's reputation in the community increases and then people want to come there and so you have repeat business and then you can retain staff easier because the environment is a better environment to work in Um, and so I think organizationally there are are, you know several um, returns on that investment of, of paying close attention to empathy but on a personal level and this is the one that really does it for me is that you know there's research out there that indicates that those who demonstrate empathy often have higher levels of pleasure in the work being performed anyway it's called compassion satisfaction and those who work with empathy see a positive emotional experience themselves as a result of helping others who are in distress that means at the end of the day you go home knowing that you made a difference in somebody's life and you can look yourself in the mirror and smile because you know you did everything you could possibly do
0: Looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession? Consider Naham's Certified Healthcare Access Associate or Certified Healthcare Access Manager, the only patient access certifications that meet NCCA standards. Showcase your knowledge, problem-solving abilities, and dedication to your career by becoming Naham certified. Visit certification.naham.org to learn more.
1: Susan, that is so interesting, because when I think of empathy, I think of that personal level that you described, um, but you did such an amazing job of building that strong business case for empathy, which makes sense because in your career, you've worked to employ education and onboarding around empathy in organizations. So how did you develop and/or deploy that education, and what advice would you give to other organizations who are seeking similar programs to cement that culture of empathy?
2: Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, um, I have a lot of experience in healthcare on, on both sides of the desk, right, um, you know, as an employee and then also as a patient, um, as a patient family because of my son, and I think um, I use a lot of my personal experience to develop a lot of the training that we do, but um, most of our training is just deployed based on, um, on the analyzed need of the organization. We actually look at all of their patient experience data and their comments, um, and then we look at their employee their employee engagement data too because it ties in together and we create education based on that. And sometimes that education is facilitator-led, sometimes it's via webinar, Um, but honestly, it's not just enough to do education. You have to really make it a continuous point of discussion. Um, And so you have to be talking about the empathy wins and the fails, the times that we fail to demonstrate empathy and you know, we do monthly newsletters, we do staff meetings, daily huddles, and coaching sessions. Um, we're trying to create a culture of always, so um, you can't escape empathy, and it's never going to be a flavor of the month, and if you want to be successful, it can't be. Organizations shouldn't underestimate the power of empathy on both patient experience and employee engagement. If you make it an organizational focus, and you devote resources wholeheartedly and you create accountability measures, you're going to see a return on that investment. And if lack of internal resources is an issue,
1: then seek experts to help. There are plenty of them out there. Thank you, Susan. To end our discussion today, I would love you to share a personal example of a memorable, empathetic experience involving a patient access professional. How did it make you feel? And how did it make the connection with you around the importance of empathy and interaction? I could honestly do an entire podcast with you about examples I have bragging
2: on patient access professionals and the things (laughs) that they've done that are acts of empathy. Um, And, but I'll tell you, I have, I have two favorite stories that I'll share with you. Um, You know, the one thing is in healthcare, you never really know what you're going to encounter, right? So you always have to be thinking about what are we going to do if this ever happens? And one of my favorite stories is about a patient access lead who encountered the spouse of an accident victim. The couple were vacationing in her area and they were disembarking from a rafting trip and they had an accident. And the husband was in grave condition. Um, The decision was made to immediately transport the patient from this little rural hospital into their, over to their larger medical center that was about 40 40 miles away. Um, And so the um, law enforcement was working with the wife as she tried to reach family for support because again, they were on vacation. And since they were vacationing, their family was nowhere in the area. Well, the officer that had um, been with the, the wife had to leave the scene to respond to another situation. And he was called away. So the wife was left to fend for herself 40 miles away from her husband and away from any support system, had no idea how to even get to this other hospital. And so this patient access lead immediately sprang into action. And she, she told me her very first thought was, I need to treat this person the way I would want somebody to treat my family if it was them. And that is empathy at its absolute finest. And so without hesitation, she offered her personal assistance and she drove the patient from her location to the other. And the wife arrived in time to see her husband before they took him in for um, a CAT scan. And sadly, you know, he didn't make it. Um, but without her assistance, that they wouldn't even have that last connection. And, you know, keep in mind that this was an extreme case, right? The area that they were in didn't have Ubers or Lyfts or taxis readily available. And we would never ever require or expect staff to personally drive a patient to another location. But I share this story as a demonstration of the heart for service and the empathy that our teams, our patient access teams have, that truly extends beyond their job descriptions and way beyond our expectations. You know, and the best part about this story is that we were able to connect her to say a last goodbye with her husband. And so we know that that is a memory we gave her that she would not have had had we not jumped in. Um, And now that we know that something like this has happened once, then it gives us the immediate power to say, okay, this happened and we were not expecting it. We didn't know how to handle it. What can we do to make sure that if this ever happens again at any other location, we have a plan in place on how to address this? without putting somebody in the position of having to drive them there themselves. And so we celebrated the lead for doing such an amazing and thoughtful and empathetic job. And then we all learned from it. Um, And, you know, I think that family is going to remember us that, that we went out of our way for her and we gave her that last opportunity with her husband. And that just brings me such incredible joy, you know, um, and just um, pride for the patient access teams that are out there who, who really jump in, and look at it from their perspective. And, and again, to you know, to quote her again, just to treat that person the way that she would want somebody to treat her family.
0: Like what you hear on Naham Connections podcast? Visit naham.org slash Naham Connections to catch up with the latest patient access content and insights from patient access professionals and industry experts.
2: And the second story, that I have is, you know, on a personal note, I shared my youngest son, um, Danny, he has Down syndrome. And so our family is in the healthcare system a lot. And one of my favorite stories of a patient access professional demonstrating empathy to him um, is that we were at an appointment this one time, and I should tell you, Danny's a runner, okay? So um, he's constantly moving and he doesn't like to sit, which makes waiting for an appointment incredibly challenging, especially Mm -hmm. an appointment that, you know, consistently runs like 30 minutes late. Um, and so this one time I had a, a patient access professional call him over to her desk and she handed him this toy. And it was like a, it was a fidgety toy. It wasn't a fidget spinner, but it was like this tube that you could like bend in the shapes. You could also look through it or talk into it. And it would make different sounds and whatever. And even though I had packed my own distractions for him, like I, you know, we always have the iPad and we always have snacks and we always have all these things. He didn't want anything to do with what I had, but he clung to that toy that she gave him. And it kept him busy while we waited the extra 30 minutes for the doctor who was running behind, and that gave me time to relax after a crazy hectic day of working all day and running to pick him up and coming to the appointment. Um, and I asked her, you know, how she knew to do that, and and um, she shared that her manager actually allows everybody on her team to fill a box of items every single month to hand out, and all the team members get input based on what they encounter, based on what their patients are saying, you know, what the demographic of their patient is um and in what their patients are asking for and everything and so they each get to pick something out of this book every month and and put it into their little you know um treasure chest of of fun that they have and she has a nephew who had down syndrome and he had one of those toys and so she immediately thought i encounter a lot of kids with ds and so i'm gonna i'm gonna put those in because in case i encounter one i know that they're gonna love it um and she told me how much she really loved just being able to provide things like that to families And I told her how much of a difference it made to me because it just showed that they actually saw us as people and not as numbers. And I think if you're practicing empathy, then that's exactly what comes across, that you see the person in front of you and not the patient. And that's critical if we're going to do this well.
1: Susan, those are beautiful stories. And you have done such an excellent job bringing empathy to life for us today. Thank you so much. It was just a pleasure having you as our first guest today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and reminding us that a little empathy goes a long way toward a better patient experience. Personally, I'm very inspired to spend more time in another's shoes as a result of our conversation today. So thank you. And thank you to everyone listening today. We look forward to bringing you more episodes of the Naham Connections podcast throughout the year. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to Naham Connections podcast voices in patient access. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest news and insights in patient access. Read more in-depth articles by visiting us at Naham Connections, n-a-h-a-m dot org slash connections. Until next time.